Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, excuse me, what's today's chef special? Welcome to Chef Special, the podcast that brings you the world of food and beverage with facts and information that challenge the status quo. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Patrick Honeywell, with Chef Special on the Believe Podcast Network, your best food destination choice. Hello, and welcome to Chef Special here on the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome, everyone. I'm very excited today to have an amazing executive chef, Chef Kyung. Chef is currently uh, working at the Islands Hotel as the executive chef in Fashion Island, Newport Beach. And he's with me right now, and I'm going to kind of hand it over to him and, and have him tell us a little bit about his background. Hey, Chef. How are you? Hey, Chef. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, Thanks. for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. This is great. Yeah, so. nice, nice. I, I feel very fortunate because uh, really quickly before you start, I just want to mention that I met Chef Kyung maybe, was it? Five years ago, or oh my god, I think it was more like eight eight years eight ago. Years ago, oh my gosh, I you keep getting younger and more handsome, and I get worse. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Yeah, so he was the executive chef at the Anaheim Hilton, which I believe is about a seventeen hundred room uh, property, and I went there with the salesperson and, and got to meet him, and uh, I know that when you were there, you really turned that hotel around. Um, menus, uh, hiring, everything was awesome, and I didn't you get awarded something like chef of the year oh no uh no more uh manager of the quarter uh going through it but yeah it was an exciting time uh just a little over uh 1600 rooms the hotel about 150,000 square feet of meeting space uh but yeah uh what chef was talking about how we met was i got there and uh i didn't like the bread that we actually had at the hotel so oh darn (laughs) so uh you know fortunately i met somebody uh through a rep a rep came in from the chef and uh, he said, we have a great corporate chef and Chef Patrick came in and did an incredible bread, bread show for me and, uh, realized that our backgrounds have actually crossed a lot during our career. So, uh, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Thank you for that, for the kind words, Chef. Um, you know, when you left the Anaheim Hilton, I, I know you went up North a bit. You were, I think they, they pretty much uh, recruited you to go to the, uh, to Bon Appetit with Google. Talk a little bit about what you did there. Yeah, no, that was uh, actually a really exciting time. Uh, I was recruited to be the regional executive chef uh, for Bon Appetit at Google. So we had the Google account. Uh, At the time when I first got up there, we were at 32 cafes, uh, and then we expanded to 66 by the time that I left. Uh, At one point or another, I ran 22 of the cafes, uh, including uh, the Founders Cafe in Palo Alto and also the YouTube cafes up in San Bruno. So uh, it was an incredible time, great, you know, great experience. The expansion of uh, Google was one of the most, I don't know, interesting and uh, daunting things I think I've ever seen because uh, to feed, uh, we did about 100 and a little over 100,000 meals a day oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, for all the Googlers up there. Wow. Uh, you know, any cafes could run breakfast and lunch, lunch and dinner, or breakfast, lunch, dinner. Uh, so it was pretty incredible. So it's an incredible uh, food program. Uh, I was really, uh, you know, really honored to actually, you know, take on that kind of role, and it was a lot of fun. Well, I know they searched long and hard to find someone like you, so um, they were lucky to have you when, when you were there. And you had some special projects, I believe, you worked on? Yeah, uh, 
you know, we, we ran everything. I mean, Google is a very responsible, uh, you know, food program uh, when you really look at it as a whole, knowing that they feed that many team members just up in the uh, Mountain View campus uh, or Northern California. There's campuses all around this country and around the world. Uh, but it, it's really about looking at sustainable, responsible cooking, something that I really uh, have a passion for uh, and even developed a bigger passion for while I was up there. So we were uh, responsible for uh, sustainable seafood. How can we you know, have people eat more seafood? We're always following the seafood watch, going through that, uh, and also looking at uh, ingredients produce-wise that are uh, seasonal. And so I got to be a big part of that in terms of uh, being able to get ingredients that are, uh, I don't want to say all locally sourced, uh, but a lot of it, but also being able to, you know, buy it at the height of season so it has the best flavors and uh, taste to it uh, as opposed to bringing it up from uh, Peru or Mexico or anything like that. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. So now you find yourself at uh, fashion in Fashion Island, Newport Beach, mm -hmm. Islands Hotel, Executive Chef, a really very nice uh, property. Mm -hmm. But like so many, you're facing uh, the challenging times right now, you know, with the uh, with the crisis going on right now. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit about some of the challenges the hotel business is facing right now, uncertainties, um, and maybe a little bit about what you see in the future. Yeah, um, I think uh, everybody that I know is some way or another being uh, affected by uh, the coronavirus uh, right now. Uh, hospitality as a whole is probably one of the hardest hit um, in terms of... Uh, you know, people getting hours, being able to work. Uh, for us, uh, obviously, uh, occupancy, uh, events canceling, every hotel is going through the same thing. Uh, you know, us, uh, even my wife, who is in more of the club aspect, uh, is going through the same kind of crisis. Everybody needs to stay home, uh, quarantine themselves. Uh, you know, social distancing is a big thing. Uh, you know, with the mandates that the government and the local governments are constantly uh, putting out there for us to follow, uh, you know, it, it has an adverse effect on our business. Uh, you know, closure of the restaurant and only being able to do carryout, uh, you know, for people to come by our hotel, pick up a carryout order, or to be able to deliver, uh, you know, to apartment complexes that are close to our hotel. So, um, it, and in turn, it actually is less business, so it affects uh, people's hours. And that's the hardest part in our industry right now. Makes a lot of sense. You know, in the wholesale side, our company does wholesale uh, with, you're one of our customers. Thank God. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, but we, you know, we're, we, we distribute and sell to the Vegas properties, the casinos, hospitals, hotels, uh, restaurants, uh, grocery stores, et cetera. And it's amazing. It's, you know, how it's affected all of us because in, for instance, in your case, the hotel, if some, if you don't, a party cancels and maybe your occupancy level has gone from a 90% uh, as on an average down to 10 or 15 it affects the local community, you know, because um, they're not always in the hotel. They're out, you know, doing tourist runs and up and down the coast, you know, in Newport Beach. They really count on a lot of tourist business. So it has its uh, a tremendous effect. I know that for me and many people, we're, you know, food is still hot, of course, and it's happening. We have to eat. So we're hitting the grocery store a, a lot more now, you know. So the, even the shoppers to the grocery stores now are, you know, facing some challenges, uh, you know, but what advice do you have on, on that? <laughs> I, think, I think my biggest advice for people is, uh, you know, the hoarding aspect. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, 
certain things happen and people want to buy as much as they possibly can of certain things. And uh, it, it really does affect the community. It affects the actual grocery stores being able to keep those items uh, stocked on the shelves for people who may need it uh, more than somebody else. Um, but also having an understanding of, you know, how to do things at home to where you can actually have them last instead of taking all the canned goods, uh, taking all the frozen vegetables, all the pre-made foods and everything like that. I think, you know, that's one big thing that I constantly tell people uh, who are around me and my circle, my peers, uh, you know, is the fact that these things you can actually do at home and make it a little easier on yourselves and to be able to, you know, have enough for the community for it to go around. This is awesome. Now, I have my pen out now. Wait. Okay, I have it. So you have tips that you have for food. You know, we're in the food business. A lot of people at home love to cook, you know, mm-hmm. and, and maybe some ideas on, on how to kick up a recipe. Yeah. We're kind of held captive here. So we go to the grocery mm-hmm. store. We get some vegetables, maybe some meats, et cetera. What can we do maybe in preparing food for that day, but also maybe what we can do to in store so we don't have any, a lot of waste? Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that we can do. Uh, you know, first, I constantly look at uh, what people are buying when I go through the grocery stores. And sometimes it's not the healthiest things. It's processed, prepackaged foods, those type of things. Yes, those things, uh, honestly, as a chef, sometimes I go to those things myself. And, uh, you know, those are more comfort aspects for me or something where if I don't really feel like cooking, that it's there. Uh, but you don't need a lot of it. Uh, you know, when I go through the store and I go through the freezer section and I see all the frozen vegetables are gone because people pack it in their freezers. And, you know, some people, like my next door neighbor actually came up to me the other day, uh, said, yeah, I can't even find any frozen vegetables right now. I was like, so I just told him, I was like, why don't you just freeze your own? You go through <laughs> the grocery store and you actually see a lot of produce out there. That's a big, that's a great point because I saw it just the other day. There's tons of produce, but nothing in the freezer. Yeah, no, and and that's the that's the thing for me where it's like I think we sometimes are, you know, nearsighted when we take a look at what can I buy right now. You know, what can I just stock away in my freezer and basically squirrel it away for the winter. You know, those type of things. So, uh, you know, one of the easy tips for me is like how to. Freeze your own vegetables. Uh, buy fresh produce. Uh, and this can go for most produce itself. Uh, you know, if you buy broccoli, cauliflower, cut them down into florets. And, uh, you know, pot of, put a pot of water on the stove. Uh, season it with salt. And when I say season it with salt, don't be ginger with the salt. Uh, the water should actually taste like the sea. Uh, when you actually, uh, you know, have that water boil boiling out interesting i never thought of it like that yeah wow you know um it's not going to over salt the vegetables or anything like that you take your vegetables let's say your broccoli and cauliflower that you cut into florets drop it in boiling water let it boil for about a minute minute and a half take it out drain it cool it uh with cold water for everybody at home but in chef's terms we would actually put it in an ice bath to shock it and cool it down as fast as we can uh you lay it out on like a sheet pan, uh, line it with a towel, put your vegetables on it, put it in your freezer. Let it freeze about for about an hour, take it out, put it in individual uh, you know, Ziploc bags, whatever portion that you want to do, and then you have your frozen vegetables. Pack those away and they'll last in your freezer for months and they'll be fantastic. And that sounds awesome too because if you, let's say, use a, the broccoli florets as an example, you're able to 
basically cook them the way you like them, mm -hmm. maybe slightly undercooked somewhat because you're going to bring it back up a little bit later. Right. Um, so you're in control of your food, and you also know what goes in the bag. You're not worried about where that was processed or if there's anything, you know, that you wouldn't want in the bag. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, also be able to have fun with that. Uh, when you actually uh, put your broccoli florets or, you know, cauliflower or anything in Ziploc bags or anything like that, Season it to maybe the way you want it. If you're fortunate enough to actually have a, you know, cryovac bags that you could seal, uh, you can actually, you know, put in your seasonings in it ahead of time. Put in, you know, I don't know, I like butter, so I'm a chef, so I like a lot of butter. So I'll put in like a slab of butter inside and season it with whatever, lemon zest, a little bit, maybe a little bit of salt, some herbs. And then I actually have a boiler bag that I can just boil water and then I can drop it in side boiling water whenever I want it. And I have a fresh product with no real added preservatives or anything to keep it lasting longer or anything like that. So it works out great for us. So let me, that's interesting, a boiler bag. So if I had, say, a gallon glad bag that I, a freezer bag, I wouldn't use that. I need a special bag. How, where do you find those? Um, you know, honestly, you could go to Bed Bath and & Beyond okay. and pick up those vacuum sealers and those uh, vacuum bags, ah, gotcha. everything like that. You know, ma main thing, yes, I know there's people, and I'm guilty of it sometimes, who'll use a Ziploc bag. But, you know, if you're worried about chemicals going from, you know, a heated uh, plastic bag into your food, then, you know, I would definitely suggest... Uh, investing in a vacuum sealer and some vacuum seal bags. Let me ask you a uh, personal uh, question, Chef Kyung. So when you go to Bed Bath & Beyond, that was a surprise to hear that. Do you also pick up uh, for uh, Debbie, your wife, some nice lotions and creams, or you just <laughs> get the bags? No, just the bags. Uh, because for uh, the other stuff, you know, whatever, we go to other places for that. <laughs> just teasing, just playing. <laughs> so that that's really good. Now I have another question for you mm -hmm. because this is this is – Perfect. I'm trying to think of dinner, maybe tonight or even prepping for next week. So that's those are some good tips on vegetables. How about uh, with meats? Let's say a chicken versus uh, maybe a bee, a steak, and then fish. Mm -hmm. Walk us through that, and then would you marinate before? You know, talk us about marinating prior to freezing or later. How would you do that? Right. Uh, you know, again, if you have a vacuum seal bag or even Ziploc bag uh, for that case, uh, when it comes to meat. Uh, and you want to freeze it, uh, make sure you get the freezer bags so you don't get as much freezer burn. Uh, obviously, the longer something stays inside the freezer, the more likelihood it's going to get freezer burn. Uh, freezer burn comes from the fact that there is you know, just dry air, and it's just eating up the moisture of your actual meat. Does so it help to—I'm sorry, does it help, uh, Chef, to uh, double bag it? Um, or does it matter? No, it, it, I guess depending on the length of time. Okay. Uh, but I would definitely at least get a freezer bag and go through it that way. But put all your seasonings in, you know. Um, okay. Be able to lock it in. Uh, if you, you know, some fresh herbs, some, uh, you know, maybe some half garlic, uh, any kind of uh, seasonings that you want to put on it, uh, and be able to seal it up, put it in your uh, freezer, ready to go. Uh, so when, you're, when you do do it, if you do have a vacuum seal bag and fortunate enough to maybe have a uh, circulator, one of those uh, portable ones. Uh, I'm going to borrow yours after the uh, interview, yeah. if you don't mind. You can absolutely borrow <laughs> it. You know, there's great apps, great recipes to those type uh -huh. of things, and be able to do it that way. Um, but in, in terms of just fresh uh, meats and meat products, obviously you want to try to use it at the optimum time, and it's not to freeze it. 
But, uh, you know, for what I say, for a lot of the things that I actually see in the grocery stores that are actually being sold now are a lot of canned goods and mm. a lot of things. And, you know, I use those too, just the same. And, you know, you could do great, you know, quick meals that way with, you know, I don't know, the jarred pastas from like Ragu or Prego. Or now, hold everything. I'm going to ask you about that because I'm guilty of using that. Sometimes you have time to do a longer scratch recipe with, mm-hmm. you know, you know, develop flavors through longer cooking with fresh product. But if you were to pick up like a bottle of ragu or prego or something, what is your go-to spice or garlic? How, what do you do to doctor that, to kick it up? Um, you know, honestly, I like garlic, so I'll actually add more garlic to those uh, tomato sauces, uh, some fresh herbs. Um, yep, me too. And really be able to kick it up that way. Okay. And also be able to add other spices to it. If you like a little more paprika, um, if you like a little more cumin, uh, to be able to use that. And honestly, one of my favorite things to do with that uh, is to add maybe some chili pepper uh, to it to get a little more spice. Or you use crushed red pepper flakes. Uh, probably a better way to go uh, since you have it dry uh, inside your pantry. Add a little bit of cumin, uh, paprika, and put it on the stove. And honestly, drop some eggs. Drop some whole eggs into it and... Uh, I'll probably bastardize the name, but like the charchucha, uh, you know, which is basically a spicy tomato sauce with a poached egg. Wow. If you drop a couple whole eggs into it, uh, put a lid over it and let it simmer until desired of however way you want your eggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a great breakfast uh, item where you can actually put some like toast or anything, dip it in there, eat the egg. If you feel a little adventurous, take a little bit of ground beef, season that, make them into little meatballs, drop them in too. And you also have meat and eggs, you know, with your tomato sauce. Let me ask you, okay, so this is interesting because when I do uh, a spaghetti, I'm not a savory chef like you are. I'm on the pastry side more, but I love to cook. Mm -hmm. And I've actually cooked a bit in the past. But when I do, um, when I doctor something up, I usually have been sticking to uh, typical Italian like seasonings, oregano and basil, usually fresh, but some dry too, and a lot of garlic. But you're mixing in things, paprika, cumin. I do add, sometimes I'll I'll grill up a poblano and mm-hmm. peel off the skin and chop that and throw that baby in there because I like some heat. Mm-hmm. Do you think that being on the west coast of California, you'd, you um, are leaning towards um, other, say, techniques in, in developing your um, Italian sauces? Or do you ever throw in an anchovy every now and then, like in the old days? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I I, I just love food. I have a passion for food. Um, And just about any base, you know, you can create anything that you want. Um, You know, in terms of uh, crossing or people like using uh, infused or anything like that, uh, crossover cooking, those type of things, I think you could do just about anything. Every... Every country to me has some sort of tomato sauce, mm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, but what is that base and how do you go about it? So find a good base if it's not so much if you're going to buy the jarred tomato sauces or anything, buy a plain one mm. and then you can actually add more of what you want in terms of what you're looking for. I think what you said, taking poblanos and being able to roast them off, chop it up and put it inside. I think it just adds a different element of heat and it's a different type of heat mm. as opposed to what you'll get from uh, chili flakes. I, I, I guess I've always been in the fact of uh, everybody can pretty much cook, mm. uh, you know, for the most part. Uh, but I think there's three key important parts of cooking that I think everybody should pretty much know. And it's the seasonings that are around you, 
which is your local area, or you know, if you like getting imported stuff, those type of things. Uh, the amount of heat that you put into it, you know, in terms of I don't mean heat by spice. I mean by like what you put on the stove. You know, there is another temperature on the stove besides high heat. You know,、mm. so there's high heat, medium heat, and low heat. You know, be able to adjust to that, and then time. You know, time I think is one of those big things to where、uh, the length of time will really give you a different texture, different flavor in terms of、uh, your cooking process. So the length of time that you actually cook certain things,、uh, you know, and this is why braising. I love braising, and I love you know over time how it breaks down the meat, but all the flavors get infused with whatever seasonings that you put into it.、Mm. So if you get those three basic principles of cooking. You could pretty much cook just about anything. Wow,、mm-hmm. wow! We'll have to. We'll probably request for you to come and teach privately at homes. You know, <laughs> I have to say something about the、uh, the time in developing flavors. I, I have a memory from many years ago at a, at a,、um, a it was a restaurant, a French restaurant called La Bia Ritz. When I was first getting involved more in pastry, and they hired a, a French woman,、uh, and she would come in the morning really early because I'd be there at four in the morning, five in the morning,、mm-hmm. and she'd be there. I said, "What the heck?" And she had all these pots going. You know, doing all these big, you know, whatever she was doing for only for sauces, and she'd have that going for hours. But she never shared any recipes. Didn't teach. She wanted to be her own.、Mm-hmm. But her flavors and her sauces were unbelievable. I still remember it today. So time can be really important. Absolutely. No.、Uh, you know, when people don't share recipes, I, I sometimes joke that it's like job security. <laughs> you know, if nobody else can. Well, do it, actually, you know? she was a little、yeah. bit overboard because she didn't、yeah. last very long. Yeah.、Uh, well, you know. <laughs> Yeah. That happens too, but、yeah. at the same time, it, it's time. You know, take take your time when it comes to cook cooking.、Um, I think we're in such a high paced world、uh, right now,、uh, in such a fast pace,、uh, especially here in the states、uh, versus other countries where they actually make time for everybody to sit down and eat.、Um, and I think with this whole、uh, coronavirus, you know, being in your home, those type of things, I think、uh, you know sometimes people have a tough time to. Sit down at the dinner table and like, oh my God, we're actually having a family dinner.、Yeah. So you shouldn't have to strain yourself out about you know doing certain things. It's about you know being able to stay close to your loved ones.、Uh, obviously, I think you got to practice this six feet rule.、Uh, I think we're practicing the six foot rule right now. It's about six now, and a know? quarter, but I, I tried、yeah. to get closer, but you、yeah. pushed me away. So that's all right. That's but, a good thing. You know, I, I think the family meal is so important, and、mm-hmm. uh, you know this. Now, right now, when we actually have time,、uh, is the time to actually maybe be a little more adventurous in the kitchen.、Um, I love that. You know, for me is、uh, I love the fact that now we have this time, and you know, if you're at home with your husband, wife, sons, daughters, or anybody significant other, or even by yourself, is like be a little more adventurous. Like、mm. me, I've been telling people actually to sit at home and maybe make pasta. You、mm. know, I think、uh, people have a hard time. Uh, grasping the idea, oh my God, I can't make pasta. So make so, it from scratch. Yeah, make it from scratch. It's easy. That's awesome. You know, I mean, it, it only takes a couple ingredients wow, for it. You know,、true. all you need is flour, salt, eggs, and olive oil.、Mm. You know, and you know that's the basic pasta. Do you, you have Do you have like a simple recipe in the top of your head? Yeah,、um, you rough, know, rough. It doesn't yeah, have to be perfect. Yeah, I mean, roughly、uh, about let's say,、uh, let's see, two and a quarter cup of、uh, flour. All-purpose flour, okay. A、uh, couple eggs,、okay. uh, about a teaspoon of salt,、mm-hmm. and about half a tablespoon of olive oil.、Um, you know, just 
make a crater with your flour on your counter. It's actually a little messy, fun, get your hands <laughs> dirty. Uh, actually, kids will love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dump your flour on your uh, kitchen counter or a board if you want to be a little more sanitary, I guess. <laughs> um, create a crater in the middle of your flour and uh, drop your eggs, olive oil, and salt into it. And take a fork, just whisk your eggs, and slowly start folding in the flour. Mm-hmm. And then you just... You know, as it's going along, it's okay if the flour, the eggs run out of your crater a little bit. It's okay. Just take some flour <laughs> and just put it back toward the middle. And you mix it by hand. And you knead it for about 10 minutes, uh, you know, to evenly spread out the eggs and, you know, the olive oil and the salt. Knead it for 10 minutes. Cover it in plastic wrap. Let it rest for about an hour. And in an hour of whatever you're doing, it's probably going to be trying to get all the crust off your fingers and everything like that, washing your hands. But come back, portion it out into the uh, portions that you want. Um, You can, at that point, portion it out to the pieces that you want, wrap it, put it in your refrigerator for about a day. I wouldn't suggest it being in your fridge for longer than Mm -hmm. a day. Mm -hmm. Or take it, wrap it tight, uh, maybe double layer it, and then put it in the Ziploc freezer bag. Put Mm -hmm. it in your freezer for use next time mm-hmm. uh, but whatever portion that you want actually want to eat at that moment in time uh, you take rolling pin you roll it out as thin as you want as thick as you want uh, you know get a sharp knife and you should all everybody should have a sharp knife uh, at home uh, and roll it out with a rolling pin and uh, once you get it to the desired thickness that you want roll it like a jelly roll mm. and then just slice it down oh, to the thickness that you want got you got you you know okay and then uh, drop it in your boiling water. should taste like the sea once again. Uh, and then drop it in. Basically, uh, once it floats in the boiling water, it's ready to go. Take it out, drain it. Use your, you know, jarred tomato sauce that you've doctored up. Mix it together and, you know, you have a fresh homemade pasta. You know, I never, I was trying to visualize doing it. I haven't uh, done the pasta before. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, okay, I, you know, without using a pasta machine, you, uh, I was imagining rolling it out because i'm familiar with doughs but mm-hmm. rolling it really thin and then like a pizza cutter cutting thin yeah. but i like your i like your jelly roll idea or your cinnamon roll idea yeah. because then you coat did, 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 you cut whatever thickness exactly. you want it cuts nice mm-hmm. easy um you could even roll it and then maybe chill it for a while so it's stiffer so when you cut it it cuts exactly. clean mm-hmm. um that's an awesome idea yeah. and if, you. if your dough is a little too sticky you can always just dust it with a little more flour mm-hmm. and uh you know when you're actually kneading it uh you know, if it's sticking too much to your hands, just add a little more flour to it mm-hmm. until it's just gently coming off your fingers and go through it that way. Gotcha. Wow. That's amazing. You know, I know I, we, I don't know if we have time today for this, but if we don't, maybe we do. But if we don't, I'd love to have you back uh, to discuss something that you've brought up before about the many food misnomers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> you know, like we talked a little bit about MSG. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, let's talk about that right now. We have okay. a little time. Okay. Fine. You know, I mean, and, and there's a lot of studies and some, you know, this is one of those things where uh, I know it's going to upset some people, but at the same time, it, it should also, this is more a thought process and education of. Um, it doesn't mean, you know, that people sh- should just constantly stuff MSG down their throats or anything like that, but MSG is actually a naturally occurring process through cooking, you know, um, and that's how you get that wonderful umami flavor. Um but at the same time as, you know, I, you know, through people that I've worked with, people that I've met, um, you know, the misconception of MSG uh, from some and 
also getting educated for myself. I w- at one time, I was like, oh my God, no MSG. Uh, yes, for some people, it does cause headaches and it does uh, have those uh, you know, health concerns. Um, and I understand that part. Uh, but at the same time, speaking to you know somebody who actually educated me about MSG at one point is the fact that you know there's a population of the world that uses MSG in a lot of things that they do on an everyday basis, and that population in general is one of the healthier populations uh, in the world. And why is that? Wow. You know, um, so you know you take a look at it that way. Obviously, I think the lab created MSGs. I think all these things sometimes that we uh, as consumers rely on in terms of processed foods, uh, you know, those type of lab created items. Yeah. You know what? Ultimately, I don't think it's great for the health or the benefit of, but we picked out one specific ingredient out of this versus all the other processed foods that are out there. Um, You know, for me, uh, you know, growing up, everybody said, you know, Eggs are terrible for you. Now we find out eggs are great for us. Yep, good cholesterol. Uh, yeah, great, good cholesterol, good healthy cholesterol. Uh, margarine is better than butter, but then we realize that margarine isn't better than butter. Butter is actually a natural process versus, you know, creating another butter alternative. And then, um, you know, th- there's, there's so many common food misconceptions for me to where, you know, just a little bit of education goes a long way. Um, you know, we should actually be more horrified about all the hormones that go into our food as opposed to, you know, other countries that don't add hormones to mm. it. Uh, you know, I think I, I constantly look back at my time in uh, Thailand working for the Dusatani in Bangkok. Mm. Uh, you know, I was fortunate enough I had a hotel company on me send me to uh, Thailand for three months to work over there. And it it was fantastic. It was one of the most eye-opening and one of the greatest food trips I think I've ever taken. But at the same time, you know, I'm from the States. I like KFC and I miss Kentucky Fried Chicken. So, uh, you know, <clears throat> I admit I like it too. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. It doesn't mean that, you know, we can't eat those things. It no. just means that, you know, if you eat too much of it, it could be too uh, terrible for you. But, uh, you know, across the street from the Dusatani in Bangkok was this KFC. Hmm. And I was there uh, for three months, and month two came around. And I'm like, oh, my God, I crave American fried chicken. So what do I do? I go, go since I was living in the hotel, I didn't have, you know, I couldn't, you know, make fried chicken in my hotel room. Uh, so I went across the street, and uh, I got a three-piece dinner uh, from KFC in, uh, in Bangkok. Hmm. And... Uh, I got the order, I looked down, and I don't think my chicken breast was any bigger than what we would consider a chicken thigh in the United States. Wow. It might have been probably smaller than that. Wow. Uh, the drumstick was like one of those chicken wings that you would get, uh, you know, what we would call chicken wings. Drum and, <laughs> Yeah, drum that or anything. And the wing was tiny. Hmm. But it was the most delicious chicken I've, <laughs> I had. It you could know? have been a Cornish game head. Yeah, right? it could have. That's what it felt like, you know. Wow. Um, so then I went back and actually ordered another eight-piece bucket for myself, mm-hmm. and I ate that, Perfect. and I ate it like little chicken wings, you know. That's awesome. Uh, but they were fantastic. Yeah. But then you come over uh, here, and you know we look at the food here, and you know the size of chicken breasts here mm-hmm. is massive. Hormoned out, yeah. Yeah, it, it's big massive. Time. Um, you know, I think our industry is doing a good job now of, 
you know, getting away from, you know, antibiotics and hormones, those type of things. Um, but at the same time as it's been used so much that it, it, it does, it's got to have some sort of effect on us, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, you know, as I said, you know, we, we pick out MSG, uh, you know, we pick out like cholesterol out of eggs. But, you know, I also look at processed sugars, you know. Uh, you know, we have one of the worst cases of diabetes in the world, in the United States. And it's because of all the processed sugars uh, that we actually put in, you know. Uh, you know, natural sugars, those type of things um, are okay for us. Uh, obviously, looking at the amount that we put in our body is going to be something different. But, like, all the unnatural sugars that we put into our bodies, uh, you know, but... You know, not as many people scream and like, oh, my God, this is going to be terrible for us. Uh, Yet we go to the store, we buy processed goods. And if you look at labels and you see like high fructose corn syrup, understand that's a man-made product. And that's probably worse for you than, you know, if you were to actually sit there and eat a bowl full of natural sugar. Exactly. Makes sense. So, yeah, this could be a topic. We could go on this topic forever. No, it's awesome. I'm just, again, I... If I had a piece of paper, I actually would be writing notes, but I'm trying to take this all in. Yeah, I would love to have you back to do a uh, something just specific to food misnomers and maybe get some clarification. So before we close, because this, this has been fantastic, very educational for me. That's why I like to call you every now and then, too, on yeah. the phone and just ask you questions. Um, for you, what is, is there a bucket list item, one that you want to name or a dream that you have that you'd like to come true? There may be many, but give me one wow. before we um, close. I don't know. My my dream came true on, on November 9th, so yeah. I think I'm pretty good. Yeah, you yeah. Know? You have a beautiful wife, Debbie. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, no, I. you know, for, for us, honestly, uh, you know, during the summertime, we were actually supposed to go on our honeymoon. Uh, we were going to do a cruise uh, between uh, Italy, uh, Croatia, and Greece. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. now with everything that's going on, Probably not the best of ideas, so we'll figure out something closer to home to do. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be one of those dream trips that we actually want to go on and uh, enjoy and see parts of the, you know, world that we haven't seen together. So, uh, you know, for, for everything for me, honestly, I probably have gotten everything and probably more than I probably deserve in terms of uh, hoping or wanting certain things. Uh, you, know, you know, on a side note for myself, being adopted. Uh, by a great family, uh, mm. be, you know, having a second chance at life. Awesome, you yeah, know? awesome. Uh, so I think all my dreams have pretty much come true when mm-hmm. it comes to things that I want. Yes, we could all wish for, you know, financial stability for the rest of our lives, but at the same time, that's why we work. That's true. And, you know, um, you're, you're still very young, so you've got... <laughs> it's amazing how much you've accomplished being such a young chef, and, uh, yeah, so I'm really happy for you. So I just want to take a moment to thank you for coming and doing this interview with, with me for uh, Chef, Chef Special. Mm-hmm. I always think of Chef Special. What's the Chef Special today? Yeah, exactly. It's Chef Kian. He's, no. he's on the menu today. No, but thank you for having me. This is a, it, it's a lot of fun. I love talking about oh. you know, food and everything. Well, you definitely love to share. So, again, thanks for coming and uh, appreciate having you. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kian. All right, Bye-bye. sir. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram. And remember, we are available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on your social accounts. If you have any favorite topics or special guest requests, 
please let us know. You can find our contact information in the show notes and be sure to like, comment, and share the show with your friends. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.